Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. LMFM Sunday Sport. With thanks to the LMFM app. Download for free now and take us with you everywhere you go. It's time for episode two of our series, the first time when we look back on a landmark triumph for a local club. In episode one, we reflected on Blackhall Gale's sole Meath Senior Football Championship title in 2003. And today, going back one year further to 2002 and Maddox Rangers maiden Joe Ward win in Louth. Joining me to discuss are Des Lane and player David Reid. This is episode two of the first time with Maddox Rangers. Alright lads, so thanks so much for, for taking the time looking back 21 years almost now on, on the uh, senior success from 2002 Des, I might start with you obviously you're you're not from uh, from Cullen but you might tell us how you became involved and when you became involved with Maddox Rangers Yeah David, uh, I knew Brendan uh, as a kid uh, we would have played football in Slane so Brendan Riley um, I've been in, in, in Slane, moved to Simonstown and, and basically Brendan, I had stopped playing I was involved in Simonstown Management in 2001 and stopped that. I got a call from Brendan uh, out of the blue uh, asking me would I be would I like to come on board and uh, I said I would I'd be delighted and that was it so you know originally I'm from Slane which was McCullough's only I don't know 10 miles 7 or 8 miles down the road so I would have been familiar with the with the village so that was it it was, it was rusty in, in the first place and for David for yourself obviously you were you were born and bred in the, in the area but you know, the you were only 19 in, in 2002. I'm looking at a few photographs of you from the paper, fresh face, young fella that you were at the time. And, you know, I know that this, I suppose the backdrop to this is you lost the final in 2001 to the Blues, 113 to 8. So was that, you know, a big disappointment? It obviously was, but did it take a bit of time to get over that? Um, I, I think, David, yeah, the previous year was probably, we, we broke through a ceiling as opposed to getting maybe a little bit further than we thought the team was relatively new um, with a lot of newcomers like myself included there was a nucleus of four or five of us probably around the 18 19 mark um, and look it, w- it was probably we exceeded expectations the year before um, but then when you get that far the next year it's like refocus straight away um, and you want to go that extra step so yes we were well beaten and deservedly beaten by the Blues in 2001 um, 2002 there was just kind of a bit of more of a refined approach and a bit more ruthless uh, you know in, in, in certain aspects of, of how we prepared knowing what had gone the year before and what exactly when you say a difference in preparation and a, more, a bit more ruthless what what exactly was that can you put your finger on what it was look I think 
I think it's probably the taste of it, David, if I'm going to ask you. Every team, when they get to the final, maybe for the first time in, I don't know, it was, it was, it was 40 odd years, I think, since 70, I think 76 was the last senior final we played. So you're talking about 35 years exactly to 2001, if my maths is right. Um, you know, that was a long time for any club to be, you know, tasting a little bit of success or getting to a senior final. So uh, we kind of said, look, this is a big deal. We want to go the extra step and make a bit of history here. Um, so there was generally a focus within the group. Uh, I think the belief was probably there more so than ever because we had got to the final. We knew we didn't perform. We were sadly beaten the year before. Um, but we probably learned an awful lot too, David, from the previous year's mistakes and stuff like that leading up to the final. There was an awful lot of hype around the village. And, yeah. you know, not to want of another word, it was, it was just a shoe and we were going to turn up and win the final. And unfortunately, in any, any walk of life, Gaelic football doesn't, doesn't allow you them privileges. So we did learn in that regard, you know, and maybe that's where we kind of tailor the approach an awful lot differently. Yeah, that's an interesting one, Des, because we see we see it a lot with teams. If they've if they've lost the final and they get to another one the following year, one of the first things that I, I seem to always notice changes is the build up is a lot more low key. The, the you know, lads aren't out, you know, not that you know, media is a is a massive thing at local level, obviously to be a bit of that, but just in terms of the the mindset and everything else, it does seem like if there's a, a if there's been a big defeat in the in the final, the next time around things are, are a little bit more low-key and lads are, are more tuned into the fact that, you know, this isn't a matter of just showing up and we can't get too caught up in the in the build-up to it. Is that something you've experienced, not just with, in this case with Maddox, but over the course of your career? Is it something you've noticed? Yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily uh, agree with, you know, you have to lose one to win one, David, mm. but I, I think it, it is right. I think it's experience and learning, you know, like it's, it's you don't lose, you learn, um, you know, and that's what David's echoing there and, and, in my experience, you know, to even if you go back to me, then like, you know, you've, we've made in the eighties, lost a, a, an all Ireland semi-final, um, probably shouldn't have lost it, but you learn. And yeah. I think, you know, it was a young team, as David says, things needed to matter for them. You know, they needed to believe, uh, a little bit more. They had the talent, as he said, but they also needed to perform. And, and that was, everybody needed to perform, not just rely on, you know, Christy or, Jerry or somebody like that, but everybody had to step up uh, and play their part. And it had to matter to them. And mm-hmm. I think the lads showed that 2001, the previous year, it did matter to them. And uh, they wanted to, to right or wrong in, in 2002. That's not, that's, you know, they, they were deservedly beaten but um, uh, by the Blues, but they, they needed to get over the line in 2002 and they had a, a hunger to do that. I know it's difficult sometimes looking back so many years and it's it's difficult to remember what the, the mood was in the camp. And I I think back to, you know, I was involved in a junior championship win in, in 97. And you have this kind of idea in your head that it was it was always going to happen when you look back on it now. But now now I've, I've been looking at a few, a few of the results from the year and I was like, we were steeped to get through a few of the matches. So when you think back to that time, do you did you kind of have a sense during that that season at the beginning of the year and all the way through that like there's something special happening here because I think we we can Des kind of get a little bit misty eyed about these things and look back and well yeah we were just on a roll but do you remember thinking at the time there was something special happening or was it really just a matter of trucking on and getting through every game? No, I think they were, well it would, we 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 decided to take every game by you know, on its own merits, David, just because you were in the final in 2001 doesn't mean you're going to win the championship in 2002, no matter how good you are. Mm. So we had to apply ourselves and, and we started well and, and we really had a good season, as you we were saying earlier on. We had, you know, we reached the ACC Cup final, uh, I think beaten by St. Pat's, I think, David, might, as I said, yeah. confirm that. 
uh, Cardinal Donald Cup final uh, and, and and Joe Ward subsequently. So it was it was each day each game, you know, by its own, and we just move forward to the next game. And it was like a it was a determination. It was a, a matter of learning to not grind out results, you know, when things weren't going against us. I, I think we had struggled again, the clans, David. I don't know. David might remember more than me now. Um, but, I mean, we just ground that out in the second half after having a good first half. Um, and, and I think we learned to do that uh, through the season. And that was everybody, as I said, playing their part. That it was, mm. you know, you could rely on, you know, certain, like some great players though, David, when you think about it, when yeah. you look back on that squad, they were very good, some very, very good players. And David, yeah, like let's just look at the at the championship in itself. And I don't I don't know before we get to the knockout stage, Stabannon, you beat Stabannon, Cooley and St. Mary's in the group. David, do any of those games stick out for you? Appreciate it. It's, it's a long time ago, but getting off to that good start and coming through the group with a, a 100% record is obviously a key thing as well in, in sending you into the knockout stages in good form. Yeah, actually, I would be probably lucky enough. I, I still remember them very vividly, David. I, I would have a good memory of games. I think now, if you're coming back to me, now about ten or fifteen years. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, I, I would. I very. I remember the first game. Stavanger was in Dunleer. Actually, it was a Saturday evening. But Ireland were playing Cameroon in the World Cup that morning ah. at half seven. It was Saipan, or it was the <clears throat> Japan and Korea, South Korea, and um, World Cup. And I remember just lying in bed, flicking on the telly, setting the alarm clock, because, you know, a 19-year-old doesn't wake up too early on a Saturday morning. But um, flicking on the telly, uh, half seven, and Maggie Holland scored, I think I woke the house if they went already awake, uh, lying in bed watching it. But you're kind of conscious, look, championship was that evening. That was the most important thing. Uh, and we got off to a really good start against the Bannon in uh, in Dunleer. We got a couple of early goals and kind of, just set us on a way. Um, you'd probably contrast with one team going after having a spell of dominance and loud for the previous decade. They were probably going the other way as opposed to us upcoming. Do you know what I mean? So it was kind of significant that game um, from a point of view of maybe the previous years. But look, yeah, we, we, had, a, we had a real ding-dong game with Cooley and Casa Bellingham, if I remember, uh, the Saturday evening. It, uh, it, it kind of... There wasn't much in it. We just kind of got a mark. I remember Mark Brennan got a great goal after half time. It kind of put us in a in a strong position to see it out. And then we played already. I think it was on a tourist and I enjoyed it the last group game. You know, we played really, really well in that game in the second half. I know the Marys got two late goals. It probably probably only put a couple of points in it at the end. But you know, we were we were pretty pretty happy with the performances in the group stage. You know what I mean? Without without looking like losing any of the games. You know, not in an arrogant way. We just uh, it was it was job done. You know, team on a mission, learned from last year, knew what way to go, and that was the easiest route to win every game and, and progress to the quarterfinals. Yeah, that's the way to go. All right. Um, and you talked about it there, Des, like some of the players that you had, um, like Christy Grimes, Mark Brennan, who I would have seen a fair bit of in the in the mid to late nineties, playing centre forward for Loud, and an unmistakable look, like the jersey was always out, the socks down. He was a, a sort of a very Languid looking lad, but but such a classy footballer and one of these lads that just pulled the strings at centre forward does. Yeah, absolutely, David had bags and bags and bags of talent and was kind of uh mercurial in a way. But sometimes with Mark, you didn't know what you were gonna get with Mark, you know. So you you could have absolute brilliant one day and then other days you're scratching your head and uh but he matured, as you said, into into a, a very good loud footballer. Um but as David said there, you know, to himself and David, 
up front. We you you nearly always going to sneak us a goal. You know, either one of them or two of them are going to get us a goal, uh, and. That helped us a lot in a number of matches uh, as we went through the year. Yeah, and in terms of the quarterfinal then, uh, again, David, I'm not sure if you remember this. It sounds like you remember all these games very vividly. So we'll, we'll go back to you for the, the quarterfinal. Nave Martin, um, obviously you've had great success in recent years, but how well do you remember that game? Because, you know, the knockout stages always have a different dynamic to them. Um, there's obviously the jeopardy of one, one bad performance and you're gone. So I can imagine... The nerves being two steps away from a county final again must have been must have been fairly fairly intense. But how well do you remember that particular game? Yeah, you're 100 percent right. When it comes to knockout, there is that a little bit more at stake, okay, David. You know, and kind of the team probably can sense that a little bit. We, uh, you know, it was a real ding dong game. You know, ourselves and most of the boys would know each other pretty well. You know, outside of football at the time as well, um, and there was, you know, it was a ding dong game. There wasn't much in it coming up to the three-quarter mark. Again, it was probably something Des just alluded to. We were really good at getting goals, David. Um, and again, the difference in that game was probably the goals that just kept us that bit of breathing space ahead. Um, you know, we got we got one in the first half and then Christy got a penalty early on. Um, as far as I remember, I think it was Alan Finnegan as well, who was another, you know, understated hero in the team that just quietly went about his business. You know, Everyone kind of chipped in, I suppose, David. That's that's what that kind of indicates uh, when when we needed to, and we just kind of kept Monas Device at arm's length, you know, without setting the world alight either in the quarter final, but did enough to get over it, and it was kind of job done. We move on, um, you know, we had it, we had a keen eye, you know, a lot of us were down looking at the Blues and the Clans in the other quarter final that night or the next night, I think it was, knowing who we would play mm-hmm. in the uh, in the semi final, so. You know, there was a lot of eyes on is it going to be a repeat against the Blues uh, in the in the 2001 final in the semi final, or the clans actually managed to to, to eke out a win by a point in, in RD. And um, you know, I can remember Carl Holland taking a shot actually just looped into the top corner. It was one of them. He was probably going for a point and it dropped in and it gave the clans the edge just in the closing minutes. You know, so uh, yeah, that kind of set the set the tone for a semi final against the clans. I, sure. I don't know whether that was a good or a bad thing, David. I'm sure. I'm sure. Probably, sure. Happy, if Carl's if Carl's listening, he'll probably be claiming he uh, he he went for that goal. But uh, we'll we'll give him the pass on that one. But there's it's exciting. It takes me back a bit, as myself, because that when you when you get into a semi final and then you're going to watch the next day, you're going the next day to watch you know your potential opponents uh, in the other quarter final and seeing who's going to come through. It's an exciting kind of time, isn't it? Because you know you're going to be playing one of these teams and you're you're looking at what you might be coming up against and what little tactical nuances are going on. It's a it's always an exciting time, I think, when you're looking forward to a big game and you're not sure who you're going to be playing yet, but you're 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 there watching it and maybe taking a few notes. Absolutely, and and, and you know both as a player and. and uh... As a manager or coach, you're, you're you're trying to look at you know spots and where they're really good and spots and weaknesses and spots where you can exploit you know some of those weaknesses and and, and how you can you know deal with some of their threats. So it's really uh, the the time between the semi final David and the final is really really good. I would say a happy, interesting. Uh, you know, uh, time to, to just prepare for, for that big day and, and all that goes into it. It's it's, uh, it's kind of uh, one of those times that says, this is why you're involved in, in, and this is what you love about the game, you know? And David, so you, you, you have the clans in the semis after watching them come through. Uh, and I guess, you know, you're one step away then from 
from a final. How well do you remember that semi-final? Because I'm, I'm sure if you remember group matches well, you probably remember the semi-final pretty well as well. And it's it, the, probably the biggest, the, the tensest you're going to be, even even maybe more so than the final. People often say the semi-final is the worst, time to, the worst place to lose. I don't know if I agree with that, but getting ready for that semi-final against the clans, what was the what was the mood like and how did, how did that game go for you, David? Yeah, the, the preparations went pretty well. Um, I think Des touched on it just at the outstart that started, um, you know, one of the matches that stand out. And I think the Clans match was probably that match in this campaign. It, obviously, you win a final, you're going to remember that. But the, the Clans match was just, you know, if ever there was a match of two halves, you know, that old cliche, it was this game. We absolutely, the, the, the first half in that game was probably our best performance in the in the Lao Championship that year, if I'm honest with just everything clicked, the runs, the movement, the touch, the hand passing, the kick passing, everything worked like a well-oiled machine. Uh, we opened up a really good lead. I think we were seven, eight points clear, you know, come half time. And um, we'd, we'd obviously got a goal on top of our period of dominance. And, you know, maybe what happens with a team is you get into a false sense of, you know, half time broke the momentum. The second half was completely different turnaround and the fans really put us to the pin of our collar. There's one instance in the whole year that they keep going back to it, and it's probably with two or three minutes to go, Des will probably remember it, hearts in the mouth, Scalo handling the ball, you know, bearing down and goal, pulling the trigger, I just, as much in my own head, you're standing the other end of the field looking at it going, that's a goal, and Michael Cobb English, we just pulled off an unbelievable save. Um, I, I can remember it like it was just yesterday, it was it was the winning of the match, and, you know, as you said, David, with semi-finals of a win, but we were in a real dog fight come the last closing minutes of that game. The clans put in a massive second half. The intensity was much stronger from them. And very hard to change a game when it's going like that. But Cub definitely got a set of jail with that save at the end. It's perfect. Remember that one, Des? I do, yes. Absolutely, David. And, and as you reflect back on it, when you look at the results in the year, you say, just we were, we were, we were lucky uh, there. That's one of those, you know. And uh, Cub stood up that day and... Uh, that was the save that changed the rest of the year for us, to be honest. Yeah, and it's funny because there are there often are you know there often are kind of one or one or several. But I can think back again to to my, to my own time playing. There's there's certain games where you get a bit of luck or you get a referee's decision or a, a miraculous save or something like that, and it it just does give you a little bit of a shot in the arm. So you you get through that one uh, thanks to your keeper, um, and you're into another final, uh, Des. And again, I suppose so I'll go back to David in a second, but. The build-up to that final, it, it, it's a, it is another cliche, isn't it? But I presume you're just trying to keep things as normal as possible. And, you know, I guess finals, at club level in particular, there's a bit of, maybe there's a bit of gear floating around, new gear floating around from sponsors or whatever, and everyone's a bit kind of excited about that. Little things like that that are different to a normal league or championship match. But would you, as in the management team, are you just trying to keep everybody, like everyone's feet in the ground and everybody focused on the job at hand? Yes, that's that's basically it. You know, I, I mean, I think we prepared well. We got that stuff over and done with, you know, early on, and and that the, you know the final week was was focused on on the on the on the match and preparing for the match itself. And and this is where, you know, the experience of two thousand and one comes in. You know, I wasn't there in two thousand and one, but this was about the match. It wasn't about the hype. Uh, uh, it was getting that thing done. I think we went away in the middle week. We went down to Drumcar for you know a whole Saturday and had a day's preparation on our own, away from everything down there. And, and um, I think you know that kind of refocused us. Both agreed how we were going to approach the match. Agreed, you know what we were going to do among ourselves. And um, I, I actually think we were well. From my point of view, I think we were well prepared for that match. There was. 
it was a kind of matter of fact job to be done. Let's go out and and and, and get on with it and, and do it. Uh, attitude for for the uh, for that whole week. Uh, I think the boys were to me seemed to be you know pretty relaxed and focused. Mm. And David, for you, was there any you know do you recall any there being any major difference to the the final in 02 versus 01 in terms of the build up obviously I do probably notice a few things looking back now David and I think on a lot of credit goes to Desi probably down playing the preparation he was very low key there was nothing really out of the ordinary it was another game he brought us away to Simon Sound for training and most of the games they had a really good set of, of lights under on the floodlights and that really helped but I really think that was a, a big aspect to getting away from calling maybe them lights because you know yourself, David, when it's local, yeah. everybody wants to be around it, you know, even on training nights or, or whatnot. Great, great to see me and Loud working together as well, David, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it's gone back, I suppose. Yeah, 2002 was another, it was another dark year with Loud and Mead as well as that qualifier in that. That's, so that's right. That one either. <laughs> no, lads, 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 come on. Come on. <laughs> no, but I think guys did, did, did a really good job with, with downplaying the significance of what the match was. It was another 60 minutes of football, um, you know, so there were certain elements and I think probably as a community or as a village centred around it we probably learned a little bit about it too you know about not <laughs> I suppose blowing it up that you know the players got caught in the hype uh, you know there was a it, it both ways the players were well aware what was at stake how to handle it a lot better this time around and then the game itself um, obviously it ended it was close enough in the end and uh, we'll get to the, how, how the game went but David I'm reading a few comments from you here in the in the Argus actually that I think is sent on to you during the week but you know you're, you were quoted after the game talking about the Brides getting the goal late on which brought it back to I think a two point game but we'll come to that maybe in a sec the first half you were leading by a two points at half time one five to six so again David how do you remember the, the, the game going and, and the first half in particular for the moment how do you remember that that game going and the start you made yeah it was it was very cagey uh, David early on it was, it was point for point I think the Brides were probably always ahead, they'd always got the, the lead point. We were kind of, if I'm being honest from a performance point of view, we were kind of just hanging in there. Um, I know they did another really good goal chance when we were bearing down one-on-one with, with, with Cub as well. He, he blocked it with his feet. Now, I'm not going to give it as much credit as he's the one for the semi-final. They probably should have, they probably should have scored a goal, but the, the effort kind of, he smothered it well with his feet. But uh, yeah, we, we probably didn't, didn't perform as well as we'd like in the first half. You know, you're obviously coming into a final, but the Brides are a very good team. And you had Darren Hoy absolutely shooting the lights out uh, in that opening half. Some of the yeah. were absolutely... Man of the match as well. He was. He 10 points yeah. away from playing, five from freeze. He was he was absolutely on fire. Um, but we there was a, a big moment before half time, a really, really big moment before half time when we got a break. Uh, Christy found Mark with a lovely trajectory ball. And once Mark gets running at your defence on the back foot, you're in, you're in trouble. And... Uh, you know, as always, Mark's vision was top class. He spotted Shane Grimes or Shanzi, as we know him, um, in the right position, and he, he finished low under the keeper. So, going in at half time, two points up, the way the game had gone was kind of a psychological boost for us, knowing that we probably hadn't produced a, a good enough performance up to that point, David. Yeah. And Des, I'm looking here at the at the kind of score by score. 46 minutes, Mark Brennan makes it two, seven to eight points. You know, so you're. You're into the last 15 or so at that stage, okay, whatever's added on as well. At that point, again, it's probably maybe hard to remember exactly how you were thinking, but, you know, looking at it there, you'd imagine you were kind of on your way at that stage. You were you were three quarters of the way there almost literally, but 
didn't quite turn out that way. But do you remember at any point in the second half thinking to yourself, we, we have this or was it always uh, in the melting pot, Des? I, I, I always felt we were kind of, as David says, we didn't probably perform as well as we did in the first half. And we got, we got scores in that probably middle third that, that as you say, built that lead by the, by the three quarters mark. And, and I didn't, David, is, is the answer to answer your question. You know, our, as David says, Aaron High was on fire though, which was the only thing we just, and, and we, we kind of, like he was class and we knew that uh, going out that he was going to score. Uh, and it was just not let him score goals. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, I, I think I was I was okay as as we head in the run in. I think we, we were doing okay. And I, I didn't think we were going to be headers at that point. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And then, um, David, as you mentioned there in that little quote that you had, that they get a goal with what, um, about 10 minutes or so to go, just less than 10 minutes, actually. It was, it was about eight minutes or so to go in that one when they get the, when they get the goal. Um, you were a bit nervous, I'd say, at that stage, David, because you referenced the previous year's final. Uh, so when when they get that goal, the Brides close to close to the end of the game, David, are you a little bit a little bit nervous at that stage? Yeah, well, it's it's probably like us. We couldn't do that in really simple and just see if the game with four or five point cushion. So uh, when they got a goal, yeah, you're you're kind of thinking, right? You know, you have to go to the well here again. You've you've last ten minutes uh, to really see out. Um, but that's probably where experience comes into it, David. I know it was the Brides' first final in a long time. Um, you know, you use probably last year, and a lot of teams would reference that, you know, you use every bit of experience you have. I think we kind of managed the last, what it was, seven, eight, ten minutes of that game really well. Uh, we probably had one or two good goal chances ourselves, actually, on, on, on the flip side of that. You know, I remember Niall Callan crashing the crossbar, uh, hitting the crossbar with a shot. Um, John Henry was throwing goal then at the end uh, and did the right thing. He fisted over the bar to put four points in it. I think we got the next two scores, which was crucial. So mm. it's probably a sign that we'd learned from probably previous failings. Uh, bit of composure, use that experience to, to kick on and get the next couple of scores that uh, just had enough had enough for us to get over the line at the end. Yeah, and it was a, I see a close in free by yourself um, came straight after their goal. So that settles things down a little bit for you as well. 
And Des, the final whistle goes. Um, your first year involved, the Midas touch there from you coming in. But I know we'll get back to David in terms of his feelings and the, the, the feelings around the parish. But for you, Des, coming in, it must, have, it must have been very, very special to be in with that group of players and a special bunch and a talented bunch, as you said, to, to hear that final whistle and to win the, the first ever Joe Award from Attic Rangers. Must have been an amazing feeling, Des. Yeah, absolutely, David. And you know, you, you have, a, not to speak in cliches, but you know, you, you say to guys, when you win something, you just, when you meet someone, you don't have to, uh, you know, talk or anything, but you'll just remember that day and that evening. And, and that's so true. You know that here we are 20, 20, 21 years later. And I don't know the last time I've spoken to David Reid, you know, like, could be two or three years, but we could sit down and have a point now and you talk about things like this. And, and in hindsight, that's what it's made. And, and the, the joy from the village, from all the people who put a big effort in, you know, underage, Dave's dad, Damien was a great help to us that year. You know, all of that was just, it was fantastic to witness and a great sense of achievement when you're when you're the coach on on, on that side too. We shouldn't remember Rusty either now. Uh, you know Brendan Riley and all of this either, David. You know, mm, yeah. uh, I think is he's, he's gone ten years uh, this year, so he was a huge uh, to see him. That was one of the one of the the things I remember is Rusty and Rusty's reaction. Like that was that was in itself was. Uh, was good enough for me, you know? Yeah, no, it's amazing when, when these things happen for people that have been involved in the club for such a long time and, and given so much to it. And David, not a bad day for you. Top scorer, five points. Um, Chrissy Grimes next with four. Shane Grimes a goal. Mark Brennan a goal. Ivor Sherlock and John Hanratty a point each. Uh, David, for you, when the full-time whistle went, were there were there a few tears? Did you know Did you know what to do with yourself? Yeah, really, I think, uh, to be fair, David, I just turned around, uh, shook the hand of, of the lad close to me, Paul Pendergast. I think he was sticking to me the glue all day and... and I kind of felt that I know what he's gone through from the previous year. So um, that was my initial reaction, you know, instead of running around like a, like a lunatic, maybe it was the year before, you wouldn't be that kind of composed. But um, yeah, I just, I just remember shaking hands and saying, look, I've been there, I know what it's like, hard luck. Uh, but then after that, I think when we found him out, he was one of the first people I've seen. And it was a kind of a special moment. He was just absolutely elated. You know, it was probably like years of hurt and it meant so much. Like I keep making reference to this. I was probably fortunate enough at 19 years of age to win a senior championship. Um, you know, people have waited a lifetime. So you, Des touched on it. What it meant for so many other people. It was probably lost on someone as innocent as me at that stage uh, by comparison to looking at, you know, the reaction of my father. He had tears. I was kind of like, you know, not in an arrogant way. I said, look, this, this, this is what we're meant to do. We're on the field. We're meant to win these games. We're meant to win championships. We're good enough to, uh, you know, let's let's just enjoy it. You know what I mean? But what it meant to a lot of people was uh, it, it was a special, special moment. You know, really, yeah, really. it must have been absolutely unbelievable. And the incredible thing about that year is, and it's something I've touched on on the show a lot over the years when we talk about. You know, me, me in particular, clubs in Leinster that haven't really made much of an impression. And I always feel it's it's more difficult for clubs who haven't won a senior title for a long time to then buckle down and and, and go at go at Leinster because the celebrations after winning the Keegan Cup or Joe Ward for the first time in a long time, for the first time ever in Maddox's case, to, to buckle down then and to have the run you had through Leinster, beating Starlights after replay, you beat Tullamore, you beat Moorfield, who were a big name at the time and still are. Dunshockland, obviously, after doing their three in a row in media, you came up short in that one in the end. But 
that run through Leinster days um, was must have been must have been pretty special as well. And to, as I say, to refocus things after the the celebrations after the, uh, the Joe Ward win, it's a it's a fair achievement to to, to get to a Leinster final. Yeah, you know, and and David, we did celebrate like. Don't get stuff. <laughs> oh, I bet. There was a lot of celebration went on. And I think we were lucky enough that we might have had two or three weeks break between uh, the final and and the first Leinster. So, you know, there's only as much drinking as you can do. And we, we mobilised and we got back and said, look, so let's have a lash with this. And uh, I think we were very rusty against Starlights in, in RD. And we were... We were, uh, I think we were three down or four down with three minutes to go, three down with four minutes to go or something like that. And we came back and got a result. And that was like another uh, shot in the arm. That gave everybody a boost. And says, Jesus, like, you know, maybe we can, uh, if we go and have a, a rattle at this, we can, uh, we'll see how far we go. And that was the start of it. I describe it as a journey. We went on this journey that's just, you know, got better and better as we went along. You know, the, we, we then had to play Starlights down in Wexford and I think there was buses organised and there was, you know, the last man or woman in the village was turning out the light to head mm. for, for Wexford on a Saturday and um, it's just fantastic. Absolutely fantastic memory uh, for that journey. And, and some of the football we played was was probably better, David, I'd say, than we did in the Championship. The, the match against Murfield, I thought we were you were looking at this and you said, geez, these lads are going from strength to strength here. Um, and we're enjoying it, was, was the main thing. And David, for yourself, like, you know, we, we saw with, with um, say, Castletown and me this year getting to a Leinster club final and winning that. And as, as Des mentioned, like, the, there's busloads of people, there's nobody left, you know, no one left at home. Um, it must have been a real novelty to be to be going off and, and playing these games around around Leinster, like in, say, that trip to Wexford and, and but as I said, to, to come through games against the likes of Tullamore and Moorfield, like that was a, that was a really, really impressive achievement. And you know, you could argue even surpassed winning the, the senior title in Loud because you're coming up against teams from from different counties. You don't know much about them. You're having to kind of prepare blind. So, what was that championship run, Leinster championship run, like for you, David? Yeah, it was it was, it was just brilliant. That and you look echo exactly what you said and as I said, like the the Starlights game. You know, I half kind of thinking it was planned that we drew the match so we get away trips so that we could keep this, you know, journey going and we could celebrate somewhere else outside of the village. But uh well, yeah, Des is hundred percent right. We got really lucky in RD the first game we were we were quite poor. Um the second game I remember very vividly it was just down in Wexford, it was a Saturday evening, a really wet, windy day. But we played really good stuff and came out of there with a win. Um then Tullamore at home in RD was our pitch at the time, obviously. Um, we got over the line, played really, really well. Uh, the Morphe game was probably the pinnacle. I think of the club's performance over, you know, over my time, certainly. It was just, you know, you're playing a really top side in Navin. Tit for Tat, a really good, really good match, pure football. And, you know, we produced from 1 to 15 that day. It was a, it was a super performance to, to get over the line. And because Des said, it was a journey. To us, it was the playing games of football. And, the club has probably historically done well in Leinster, eh, David, you know, throughout the years. I think it's probably down to sheer football ability and just going out and playing their game. Whereas within your county, you're kind of, every club would say that, you know, everyone knows everyone else. You're trying to negate strengths and exploit weaknesses. 
Whereas in Leinster, there's probably a less of an element of the, you know, unfamiliar who you're playing. So when it came down to football ability, we had we had that in abundance and we just produced it on the day. And that doesn't guarantee your results, but look at that time it was just toe to toe, was honest football. We um we came out the right side of it, you know, until we got to the to the final in, in that against the shock, and that was um a different story, different outcome. But there is there is a bit of a sore point, as Des mentioned earlier on, four finals in the year. To just come out with one win, you know, it's if you ask any sports person when they finish playing football, they'll remember the losses more than the wins. Mm. As hard as it is, you know, they'll always remember, you know, when, when you win, it looks after itself, but you do remember the losses and think back, what could you have done differently? What could we have done differently there? Yeah, and it's funny because this Shockland team got to mention the last, the first episode of this series I did with the Black Hall lads, and they had a bit of a sore, a sore memory from O2 against Dunshockland as well, and they're on Dunshockland's way to to winning the championship, which was three in a row for them. And Des, as David said, there, you know, you got the four finals, you win one of them. But I suppose if you didn't win the the, the Joe Ward, you wouldn't have had the, the fourth final with the Leinster. So, but that was up on top of Christmas because I was looking at the headline, and it was um, Dunshockland get their claws, CLAUS around uh, around Maddox. So I think that was like a week a week before Christmas or something. It was very late in the year, but I know you lost that final. From reading the reports, it seemed like Dunshockland were maybe just a bit too physically strong or whatever, or experienced. But what a year, though. And even even losing that final, Des, I'm sure you still look back on it and think what a year that was for Maddox Rangers. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it was, uh, David, I think it was the 22nd or 23rd of like December. It was like lads dressed in Santa Claus, new <laughs> outfits and everything in Park Tolson. And that was just David Reid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the way uh, played was... as well as <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, it was, it was, it was, in hindsight, it, we are, you know, we should be, or we probably are, and David will tell you, Probably better night. We were that was a disappointing performance from our point of view, you know. And and I don't think it was to do with the hype. I don't think it was to do with Christmas. I think we we had we had a, a lot of mileage on the clock at that stage, and we came across as you say, season camp pay. There's hardy boys now. There was you know some of those oh, yeah. shocked them were big men, mm. and you had two or three Keelys who are you know the. Uh, Epitomise, uh, you know, the, the strength and skill that they have. Um, and we just came up and, and we just came up short, David, a little bit in, in performance wise. And that day was the day we didn't get the goals where we needed them. Yeah. And we had a couple of goal chances and we didn't get them. And, and that kind of, uh, that was a difference between that match and, and other matches. And, uh, you know, uh, we got goals when we needed them and, and when it mattered uh, in other matches and just, they eluded us that day. Yeah, 13-7, the final score. And David, just to finish with you, um, that game, do you remember, do you remember thinking that that was a step up for, for Maddox in terms of the level of opponent you were playing or as was it was it more, as Des said there, you, you just didn't perform to the levels you, you, you were capable of? Yeah, no, I think... A combination of both, if I'm being honest with you, David. Des is right, you know, Dunshockland were a kind of a battle-hardened team from previous years. You know, they had a bit of experience again, going back to the experience point in, in, in the Leinster campaign. And, you know, their probably bit was between the two a little bit more for that Leinster fight. It's funny, in lockdown, we got to look at the videos back. Everyone was looking at those football matches and it was the first time I'd look back at that game Uh since 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 playing in it, you know, and this is right. We had one or two goal chances. We we just, I mean, 
unfortunate. Like there was one kind of you know balls crossing the line. I remember one of the second half, Mark had a chance. I think it hit the post. The the post says from right, and it rolled across the line. Didn't go in. Um, little things like that didn't go away on the day. But no complaints. And Shockner were the better team. But this is right. We just the goals eluded us. Uh, you know, if you only score seven points in in the match, you're not going to win it, David. So, yeah. Ultimately, looking back, we had chances, but no complaints. The Shockner were that that bit better on the day than us uh, and it kind of as you said the 22nd of December playing the Leinster club final uh, was just was just surreal um, after after the year we'd had I suppose the other end and throughout the year we were we kind of had a really settled squad we were lucky with injuries you know we we, we were probably as I tell you more we were lucky to pick upon our strongest team most weeks um, but it's interesting the way championship formats kind of change now whereas we go back to the Stabana match the first round of that was in probably June time you had three or four weeks between games it ran the whole way down to obviously when you go down to the Leinster campaign it ran the whole way to the 22nd of December because I think Dunshockland had a few draws with um, I think it was UCD or Ratnew maybe in the other side of the draw so um, yeah Ratnew I think they were knocking lumps out of each other about two or three for three or three games in that campaign yeah it's a pity they didn't take a few more lumps out of someone <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know I don't know if it, it was either Dunshockland or Ratnew in the final I don't know which is the <laughs> They should be taking greater lumps out of you, David, in the day. But uh, yeah, I agree with David. Dunshockland were better on the day and they, they totally deserved to, to win that day. Yeah, it was a different era for sure. Listen, lads, it's been absolutely brilliant. I know the year ended on a, on a bit of a disappointing note for you in terms of the Leinster final, but what a year and what a campaign it was. It's been really, really great uh, reliving it with both of you. And I hope we've uh, brought a little bit of joy maybe to some uh, Maddox Rangers fans listening in as well. So thanks for taking the time. Thanks, thanks David. FM Sunday Sport. With thanks to the LMFM app. Download for free now and take us with you everywhere you go. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 